Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and it's great to be with you today. Um, I want to share with you what the phrase Messianic Judaism means. Some think it's a Jewish-only sect and uh, that Gentiles need not apply. Or if the Gentiles really, really want to join, well, they'll have to become somewhat Jewish either through classes, oaths, and rituals, or an authentic rabbinic conversion. Either way, they cannot remain Gentiles if they wish to come into this movement called Messianic Judaism. Now, to me, it sounds a little like what the church did to Jewish people who wanted to join them early in church history. You know the drill. Give up your Jewishness and embrace embrace Gentile customs and then you can join us. I think both groups are missing the plan of the Father to bring us together as Jews and Gentiles who believe in him into his household. So today I'll give you an overview of the dilemmas facing this growing movement that we call Messianic Judaism. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages that better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind and my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So let's start with this uh, first question. Is Messianic Judaism a Jewish-only movement? Now, there are many who actually believe that Messianic Judaism is an exclusively Jewish movement. And they believe passionately that Gentile believers in Messiah are brothers and sisters, but they should stay in their own churches among their own people. They believe they should keep their own religious holy days, including a different weekly worship day, rather than the day that God set apart for weekly worship among his people, the Shabbat. Kind of goes like this. We have our congregations, and you have yours. We have our holy days, and you have yours. Now, theologically, it is the outworkings of what is called a bilateral ecclesiology. The church is like a bird with two wings, one Jewish and one Gentile. Both are equally wings, but separate. Now, to me, this mantra sounds a bit like the mantra of those supporting the Jim Crow laws of the South in uh, back in the um, early, you know, 40s, 50s and 60s of our nation. You know, that that phrase equal but separate. Before I posit for your prayerful consideration, my reasoning for equal and united versus equal and separate, allow me to give you a quote from one of the largest Messianic Jewish organizations today. I'm not going to name names, 
but it's one of the largest, if not the largest, and has probably the most influence. And here's what they have to say concerning Messianic Judaism. Quote, Messianic Judaism is a biblically-based movement of people who, as committed Jews, believe in Yeshua as the Jewish Messiah of Israel, of whom the Jewish law and prophets spoke, unquote. Now, to me, that sounds like it's a Jewish-only movement. They state clearly that it's a movement of people, and then they qualify that as committed Jews who believe in Yeshua. Now, my understanding of this cardinal statement may be mistaken, but I believe this assertion clearly states that Messianic Judaism is a movement of committed Jews who believe in Yeshua as the Jewish Messiah of Israel. Now, while I concur that this is true, in part, I believe it misses two requisite truths concerning the Judaism of Messiah, i.e. Messianic Judaism. Number one, Yeshua is not only the Messiah of Israel. He is the Messiah of the entire world. John 3.16, we all know the passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Note, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say for God so loved Israel that he gave his only begotten son to the Jewish people. No, of course he did. To the Jew first, but also to the Gentiles. Always keep in mind that Jesus is the Savior of the world, not just Israel but the entire world. 1 John 2, 2. And he, speaking of Messiah, he himself is the propitiation of our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Again, Jesus is the Messiah of the whole world. The second requisite truth is this. Messiah Yeshua's Judaism, i.e. Messianic Judaism, has given birth to a movement of committed people. And, and, and read here, please, Jews and Gentiles. Not just Jews, but Jews and Gentiles. Yes, to the Jew first and foremost, but also to the Gentiles. Don't forget the Gentiles. Don't throw the Gentiles under the bus. And don't make them sit at the back of the bus. Come on, give us a break here, right? So Messiah Yeshua's Judaism, Messianic Judaism, he gave birth to a movement of committed people, Jews and Gentiles, who believe that he is the one and true Messiah of Israel, as well as all the nations of the world. That's his Judaism. That's Messianic Judaism. Let me clarify this even further. Let's, let's talk about definitions. I'm not going to spend time on the first requisite truth that he's the Messiah of the whole world, because that's generally universally accepted anyway. But however, the second statement about Messianic Judaism, that summons our attention. So let's begin with some working definitions. Uh, most of the times we miss each other because we're using the same words with different definitions. And so let me clarify some definitions here so that we can better understand uh, each other and, and this whole issue of Messianic Judaism. So the first word is Judaism. What does that mean? Well, generally speaking, it's a reference to the religion of the Jewish people. Okay, what about the next word? Messianic. What does that mean? Well, Messianic is derived from the word Messiah. 
it means of or relating to the Messiah. So if you put those words together, you know, you, you combine these words into the phrase messianic Judaism. But what you have here is the religion or Judaism of the Messiah. Now, let's let's bring this to a point. Messianic Judaism is simply but profoundly the Judaism of the Messiah. Not only is Yeshua the Messiah, he also established his own denomination, if you will, of Judaism in the Common Era, which his contemporaries labeled the sect of the Nazarene. That's Acts 24 and verse 5. Jesus even invited his own Jewish brothers and sisters to join his new and, shall I say, revolutionary movement, saying, quote, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Think about that. His movement, the sect of the Nazarenes, the Judaism of Messiah, his movement had its own yoke. He called it his yoke. Now, a yoke is simply the prioritization and application of the written Torah by a sect of Judaism. In other words, Jesus prioritized and applied the Torah of Moses in a way that was different than that of the Pharisees, the sect of the Sadducees, the sect of the the Essenes, the Samaritans, in fact, all other sects of Judaism within the first century. It was different than those Judaisms in the first century, and it's different than the Judaism's that we see today. For instance, the Orthodox or Conservative, Reform or Reconstructionist, etc., etc. Suffice it to say, Messianic Judaism is uniquely the Judaism of Messiah. And the unique part of this Judaism relates to the Gentiles. So what about the Gentiles? Well, Yeshua stated in John chapter 10, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. This fold being a reference, of course, to Israel, to the Jewish people. He says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. This is an allusion to the Gentiles, because what was promised to Abraham was not only that his offspring and descendants would be blessed, but through them all the nations would be blessed. In other words, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentiles. So, so to Israel first, and Israel's being gathered, of course, and um, brought in, in, in through Messiah uh, into this fold of God. And then he says, I have other sheep, other than Israel, of course, that are not of this fold, and I've got to go get them, and I'm going to bring them in, and I'm going to put them in this fold, and they're going to be one flock with one shepherd. That's so beautiful in so many ways. It's just powerful when you think about it. Messianic Judaism, or shall we say the Judaism of Yeshua the Messiah, is different than many Judaisms in that it invites and embraces in its fold the Gentiles as Gentiles. 
No conversion necessary. This is different than all other Judaisms. Gentiles don't need to be converted. They don't need to become Jews. There's one fold where Jews and Gentiles experience the redemption of God, which he had promised to Abraham long ago. There's one ecclesia. There's one church, if you will, where Jews and Gentiles worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob together. Jews as Jews and Gentiles as Gentiles. One redeemed people. All who have the Torah written on their hearts by the indwelt spirits. One new humanity comprised of Jews and Gentiles in the Messiah who are empowered by his spirit to walk the Torah out by faith and through love together. This is the genius of Messiah. This is Messianic Judaism. So let me restate this. In Messianic Judaism, no conversion for Gentiles is necessary in order to participate in the covenants of promise. In the Judaism of the Messiah, the emphasis is on covenant status, not ethnic status. Keep that in mind when you reread Ephesians 1 through 3 and Romans 9 through 11. Therefore, we see Jews as Jews and Gentiles as Gentiles walking together in the Torah as the practical expression of the righteousness of God, which he gave all of us as a gift in Messiah. As the Jewish apostle to the Gentiles so aptly stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19, circumcision, i.e. Jewish ethnic status, is nothing. And uncircumcision, i.e. Gentile ethnic status, is nothing. But what matters is keeping the commandments of God. In other words, salvation is not based on ethnic status, whether it's Jewish or non-Jewish. Ethnic status has no bearing on being saved. What matters is that we who are saved, regardless of our ethnic status, it matters that we together keep the commandments of God because he has brought us into his household, one household, and written the Torah on all of our hearts and wants us to walk out this righteousness that we both have through faith in Messiah. Jew and Gentile together, one new humanity. So what's the outcome? Well, the Judaism of Messiah, Messianic Judaism, is inclusive of all people, not exclusive, inclusive of all people, not just Jewish souls. I would beg to differ with the major Messianic uh, uh, organizations today. It's not an exclusively Jewish movement. It could never be that because the Judaism of Messiah, Messianic Judaism, sees within its frame of reference the influx of the Gentiles. It embraces Gentiles as Gentiles. This was, was promised to, to Abraham and is being fulfilled through Yeshua and his apostles. So this makes his movement, Messiah's movement, Messianic Judaism, a Jewish Gentile movement. That's right. Messianic Judaism is a movement made up of Jewish and Gentile believers in Messiah Yeshua. It can never be an exclusively Jewish movement any more than it could be exclusively Gentile. Now think of institutionalized Christianity and they tried to make it a Gentile movement and Jewish people had to give up their Jewishness in order to join. It was the flip flop of what we're seeing today. Think of this. He came to redeem the Jew and the Gentile to bless Israel and the nations. 
He died, he died to atone for Israel and the sin of the world, Jew and Gentile sin. We are all equally sinners and we are all equally worth saving for we all are made in his image and in him we are equal and now united as one new man or rather more specifically with greater clarity one new humanity yes equal and united this is messianic judaism at its best jews and gentiles worshiping the one true god of abraham and isaac and jacob together not separate but together, together in congregations, not in separate congregations, not a bilateral ecclesiology, but a united ecclesiology. Each of us comfortable in our own skins, knowing that we are equal and united in Yeshua, the Savior of the world. In Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles are participating and partaking together in the covenants of promise. Reread Ephesians 3. Catch the the power of what Paul is saying concerning the covenants of promise and the believing Gentiles. So together, as Jews and Gentiles, we are partaking in the covenants of promise as we live out the one, same, and only Torah, which he has written on all of our hearts, Messianic Jews and Messianic Gentile hearts, by the Holy Spirit. You can refer to Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10 uh, to see the, the part of this promise in the new covenant being actualized as Gentiles and, and Jews put their faith in Messiah. Uh, this born again experience, this new heart where God writes his Torah upon it and makes us one and gives us this expression of righteousness through the Torah to reveal his great love and plan of redemption for the world around us. So let me just kind of bring this to a close and make some final statements. Isn't it time we acknowledge the fact that Messianic Judaism is not an an exclusively Jewish movement, but a Jewish and Gentile movement? I've been in this movement for 30 years now. And I have um, uh, interacted with a number of Messianic Jewish leaders in this movement. And I can tell you, the wind of change is in the air. More and more Messianic Jewish leaders are beginning to realize that they need the Gentiles uh, in this movement to reinvigorate the movement. It's plateauing. Some parts of it is even declining. And I think it's because the Jews, uh, the Messianic Jews, in, in, in the past, have at times treated Messianic Gentiles like they're second-class citizens. And so the Messianic Gentiles, of course, have left this movement in, in droves over the last couple decades. And in some ways, it has hurt the movement. But I see this new change coming about where this, there's this idea that the wild olive branches are grafted in. They're supposed to be part of this, this movement and, and it'll reinvigorate and bring growth and vision to the movement. And so I see these changes, especially within the, the younger Messianic Jewish leadership. If you look at the younger leadership in some of these organizations, they're done with this exclusive part of the movement. They're, they're not into that. The new younger leaders that are coming up, they're very inclusive. 
They're all about embracing Messianic Gentiles as Gentiles, as full participants in the covenants of promise made to Israel. It's it's fascinating and uh, really just amazing and refreshing to see this within the younger leaders in the in this movement. And then also, isn't it time that we emphasize a covenant-centric faith versus an ethno-centric faith that really we're saved by our faith and not our ethnicity? And isn't it time that we focus on one new humanity, equal and united in Messiah? I really do believe that as we uh, bring about these changes in our perspectives, in our paradigm, uh, will reinvigorate our congregations and our organizations. And I think that if we ignore this, it'll lead to uh, a plateau and then a decline in this wonderful and needed movement, the Messianic Judaic movement. So I want to ask you, please pray for the harvest. As we meet again with key Messianic Jewish leaders to dialogue on this crucial matter, more and more over the years, we've had interaction, and it's just accelerating. And I think it's just the earmarks of God just doing some things among our brothers and sisters who are Jewish believers. And uh, I think there's, there's change coming as a result of that. So pray for the dialogue. Pray that we're open. Pray that we're loving. Pray that we're honest and, 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 and full of integrity as we handle the text. I really am super excited about what I see happening within this movement. The potential is amazing. Well, that concludes our program for this week. Special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and financial giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard, in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and Shalom.